journey of faith. If you've been here any amount of time, you know that a lot of times at the end of the service, we, we give an opportunity for people to make a decision to follow God and uh, in that kind of start this journey. And we, we like to focus in on that because it's important that we don't have this picture in our mind that once we choose Jesus, right, we, we, we choose to follow him, that we've finished something, that it's done. And now I'm like in neutral and I'm just, hey, this is good. Wrote, you know, I'll fly away one day. We're all good. It's a journey of faith and this journey has a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of good times, but there's also a lot of bad times. And so that's why today's all about the journey of faith. And we're going to take five different milestones or five markers in this journey. The first is that faith hears God. Faith hears God. Number one, and uh, this is going to be out of chapter 12, verse one through three, it says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now put yourself in Abraham's you know, mindset here. Uh, you're just chilling out and all of a sudden God says, yeah, I'm about to like change the whole world through you. There's gonna be nations that come from you. Uh, kind of overwhelming, right? It's a, it's a big promise that God begins to show Abram about the future. But Abram had to hear God's voice. And hearing God's voice is kind of ambiguous sometimes, am I right? Like, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and maybe it's like a small group and they say, man, you just gotta hear from God. And you're like, cool. I'll get right on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold on, let me just go hear from God real quick. All right, got it, and come back. You know, it's, it's not usually that simple. It's, it's sometimes ambiguous. I know in my own life it's been like that. Like, God, speak, say something. And sometimes it's just dead silent, right? But there's this thing about hearing God's voice. It's so important because hearing God's voice is, uh, is what helps direct your life. How can you gain wisdom from God if you do not receive from him, if you can't hear his voice? There's this process of searching out and seeking the voice of God in your life. And there's some, some obstacles to why maybe we don't hear God's voice. Uh, I think one of those things is just the fact that we don't have room in our life sometimes to hear God's voice. Just straight, straight up. Uh, I was watching TV yesterday and this commercial came on. It was like a marriage trade or something. But anyway, uh, this guy was interviewing this lady. He said, so what's your, uh, what's your schedule look like? What's your day look like? And, and she went through her whole day and <laughs> every minute of the whole day was planned. You know, get up in the morning, get the kids ready, get them to school. Uh, you know, when they're at school, go to work, uh, pick them up, come home, dinner, homework, soccer practice. They go to bed. I got, you know, yoga or something like that or some sort of exercise and it's time for bed. There was like no time, no margin. And I think sometimes in our life, we don't have room. We just straight up don't have room to sit, think, reflect, whatever, read the Bible, pray, just sit in silence. Uh, I mean, if we do, we've got like notifications going off left and right. Am I right? You ever, you ever been there? You're like, all right, I'm really going to sit here and just relax. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to pray. And you sit down and it's like, and you're just like silence. Yeah, it must be important. So you pick it up and it's somebody asking some question. Hey, dude, what was the name of that movie? Uh, I can't remember. Well, there goes that moment, you know. Uh, we just have to, we have to make room. First of all, sometimes silence things, be still. And sometimes we don't have room for that to even 
possibly even hear the voice of God or, or hear some direction and think clearly. I think sometimes uh, something that gets in the way is we don't recognize the voice of God. I think sometimes God's speaking, but we're not recognizing it as him. One of those things I think is really when it comes to people, when somebody is talking to you, depending on who it is, which I'll get to that in a second, sometimes people are, are helping guide you. They're helping speak to you. And, and God is really using them at that moment to speak to you. But if you don't recognize that, it's just a person. It's just a person. And so you can say, oh, that's just their opinion. That's just what they think. Whenever they may actually be God speaking to you about that situation. We talk about getting advice a lot, getting spiritual advice from people maybe who, it's kind of like this. We're not going to get financial advice from somebody who's literally going bankrupt. Okay, that would be a bad choice, right? Well, who are we listening to? Because sometimes the voices that we're listening to are the wrong voices, Sometimes we can't recognize the voice, but sometimes they're just the wrong voices altogether. The voices that you hear, the voices that you listen to, the people that you allow to speak into your life actually end up directing your life. The voices, you know what I'm talking about, the voices that you hear it and you really allow it into your heart to direct you, those voices direct you. And if it's not the voice of God, which I think a lot of times we're way more open to hear the voice of people than we are the voice of God. And, and then we allow those people really to start directing our thought processes and our lives, our convictions, our standards. And then we, we end up sometimes way off base because why? We can't even hear the voice of God. We can't, we can't cut through the noise, through the distractions and, and, and really weigh those words. And so, but you gotta be able to hear the voice of God. So stop listening to the wrong voices. Recognize the voice of God. And also one obvious thing is that you must be reading the Bible. You must be praying. There's got to be some sort of uh, uh, appetite and some sort of input from the word of God into your life. I'm telling you, it's one of the reasons why we dedicated this whole year to the Bible in this way is because sometimes you have the same conversations with people and it's simply just because they haven't read anything or prayed to God about it. So we say, read the Bible and pray a lot, but whenever that doesn't happen, then there, there's malnutrition people. It's the problem with the American church nowadays. Honestly, if you look at it, it's just malnutrition people. They're weak in their faith. They're weak in their knowledge of God. And so whenever things come at them, they have nothing to defend themselves with. And that's just the brutal truth. Okay, so we, I mean, it's, we gotta recognize that. So number one, we hear the voice of God. Number two is that when we, when we hear the voice of God, we have to step out. Faith steps out. And that's what we see in, in verse four. God speaks to Abram. He loves it. He's, I mean, this is great. I'm gonna have a, a, a nation's gonna come from me. Those who speak against me are gonna be cursed. This is good. All of us would love that, right? It's like, yeah. Anyway, verse four. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old. It's important to hear the voice of God, and you've got to seek out the voice of God, but it's important that whenever you hear the voice of God that you obey the voice of God and you step out. There's got to be this one-two. There's got to be this stepping out, and many times at this point is where we actually stop. See, you know, young people, as you're getting older, you encounter different things in life. And a lot of times, especially if you're raised in church, all right, I was raised in church, I know about that. You, you know, 
a lot, but whenever it comes to like stepping out and doing it, that's where most of the time we fail because we know what we're supposed to do. We know who we're supposed to be hanging around, how we're supposed to act. We know the, the, the behavior that's supposed to be seen, but, uh, but many times the obedience from the heart isn't there. And so it's just behavior modification. So the first time you get a chance, you flip out. But it still goes back to this thing of hearing God and then stepping out. The stepping out is the difficult part. The doing, the obedience. Think about Abram real quick. The guy is 75 years old. He's settled, okay? His 401k is looking real good. He's happy about it. It's good. He's got his whole family there, all right? Everything's comfortable. And then God shows up and says, hey, it's time to leave. And he says, to the land that I'll show you. I hate that part too because, (laughs) come on, man. Okay, it's cool. I'm gonna uproot my family. We're gonna do all this. So where are we headed? Don't worry about it. Well, we'll get to that point later on. Hold up. You know, hold on. No, we're not doing that. Abram was a real person, by the way, just in case. Okay, a lot of times we look at the Bible, we read these stories, and they're super people. They're not like us. They're just above us. These are regular people with emotions and doubts and fears and all of these things. And so as you read, put yourself in their spot. If I'm 75, everything's good, and God says, uproot everything and go here. And I know this is the voice of God. Would I actually do that? I don't know. It's not the American way. But what if God did? What if, what if, God, what if you knew? Do I have the faith to step out? Because faith steps out. Because once you hear, you must obey. I think it's really interesting to see that once Abram went, Lot went. His whole family went. You see, whenever you step out in faith and you, and you follow God, others follow you. Some of you, it's time to step out not only for you, but for your family, for those that you have influence in. You know that you've heard the voice of God. Come on, men, you know how you're supposed to lead your family. You know, you've heard the voice of God, but the stepping out is that that's the process. That's where you're really committed. But others are watching, others are following. And again, Abram was in his comfort zone. Nobody grows in a comfort zone. Growth does not take place in a comfort zone, never has. Think back in your life real quick. Think about all the moments that you've been comfortable in your life and, and you knew that decision came is, okay, am, am, I, gonna, am I gonna go uh, go to college? Am I gonna take that risk and, and get that new job? Am I gonna get married? That's a big one, all right? Long lasting one. You can get a new job. You shouldn't get a new marriage, all right? But you can, but you shouldn't. But it, those are big transitional st- moments. But if you don't make those leaps, what happened? You stagnate, you quit growing. It's no different with your, with your faith and your walk with God. You got these transitional times, God, God saves you. Man, you believe in God, this is so good. And then he says, okay, great, I want you to, man, see that guy over there, it's the Starbucks line, I want, you to, I want you to go up to him and just introduce yourself. I never think that before, I never thought that before. Why would I want to, well, maybe it's the Holy Spirit right? Just go introduce yourself. Or maybe you've got a coworker and he's like, just tell him, invite him to church. I mean, nowadays we're not talking about getting slant, you know, like our heads chopped off. We're talking about, can I invite somebody to church? You know, oh, it's a big, a big deal. And, uh, but it is because guess what? If I can't make that first step, the, the, I'm never going to do the big stuff. Right? So, so there's these small steps, but faith steps out and God, it's God's voice that speaks, but we still have the choice, the decision to step out or not. I want to read a quote from uh, Timothy Keller. It says, faith is not primarily a function of how you feel. Faith is living out and believing what truth is despite what you feel. 
Very important. Faith and feel, feels. I gotta feel it. I gotta feel it. I don't feel it. Feel, feel, feel. It's huge. Everybody, it's really emotionalism just wrapped up. And, and faith is not emotion. Faith is not feel. I'd be lying to you if I stood up here today and said every single time, every day I get up, it's like, Jesus is awesome. I am so passionate about the things of God. Most days, I don't know who I am when I wake up. <laughs> but um, you have those, those initial moments. You have some moments, man, where you're not feeling it. It's not exciting. It's just not, it's just, it's not good. Thing, things aren't good right now, you know? Uh, me and my wife are going through some stuff right now. It's not good. It's not good. You smile, you believe God, but it's not good. Because, man, in the process of stepping out, sometimes the feeling, the emotions ain't there. But you still operate in faith. But just because God sends you out, just because God calls you, doesn't mean that there won't be negative situations. This is another problem with Christianity is this. Now that I chose Jesus, now that he chose me, now that we're one and everything's good, everything is gonna work out, all of my hopes and dreams will be fulfilled. And if that's the type of Christianity you bought into or you've come into or you think, then I'm gonna crush your dreams real quick. That's not the way it is. This journey of faith has really some some bad, life has bad things about it. And just because we're, in the family of God does not mean that we will not experience obstacles and pain, disease, sickness. That's not what that means. The end product is something different, but the process may look very much the same as other people maybe who don't have faith in God. And that, that messes with our head. We are very temporal minded people. Whenever you tell me something good's gonna happen, I think you're talking about like right now not maybe after I die physically, right? That's the way that we, we operate. But faith, the number three thing is that faith overcomes obstacles. Yes. Faith overcomes obstacles. We're gonna look at three obstacles that, that Abram had to go through. And these are, these are big obstacles. Now, this is what I want you to do. I'm gonna make some statements about these obstacles. And I want you to take this statement and apply it to your life, all right? So we're gonna start with, with one obstacle in Genesis 16. And uh, remember that Abram, he's been promised great things, that he's gonna, uh, I mean, he's gonna have a, a, a giant family. I mean, he's gonna be over nations and all these great things. He's gonna have this land. He's, well, how many of you know that in order for that to happen, you, you gotta be able to have kids, right? Verse 16, chapter 16, verse one. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Sarah, she couldn't have kids. That's a little bit of an obstacle, all right, if you're supposed to be having these great nations come from you. Sarah couldn't have, couldn't have kids. And, and really, let's just go ahead and apply what God spoke to Abram and let's combat it with this statement. It makes no sense. And they knew that she was barren. It makes no sense that, that they would be able to do all these great things that God has promised them because physically they can't. And guess what? Unbelief begins to come in. One of the main things that's gonna happen as you begin to go through this journey of faith is that you're gonna have bouts with unbelief. You're gonna have these moments where you literally say, this doesn't make sense. It's an obstacle. It's part of the process. Every single person in this room has gone through that. And if you haven't, it's coming. There's gonna be things, questions that are asked that you literally don't have an answer for. And unbelief will seek to find its way into your heart and your mind 
and begin to stunt your growth in your faith and to stop you in your tracks. It makes no sense. Unbelief comes in because God promised a son and here it is 11 years later and there ain't no son. There's no son. Come on, think about those moments in your life. You feel like God's promised you. You feel like you heard the voice of God and you stepped out and now there's this giant obstacle in the way. There's no son. It's not happened. Guess what? Maybe God's not going to follow through. How many times have I been, uh, I've been through that? I thought that may, maybe this time it's just God's not going to come through in this, this, this time. He did the other 7,000 times, but not this time, right? Isn't it amazing? God could do great things, but yet we still have these same questions. It's part of this process. Faith overcomes unbelief. Now, this is what they do. Sarah, she decides to go ahead and get um, Abraham to, <laughs> I mean, Abraham's such a dude. He's just such a dude. And if you know the story, then you know why he's such a dude. Because in, uh, in, this, in this story, uh, Sarah goes and says, hey, Abram, look, we can't have kids. We can't have kids. So this is my maidservant, Hagar. Have a kid with her. And then we'll, you know, kind of keep the process of God going here. And uh, so Abram and all of his wisdom and everything, okay, <laughs> you know, come on. You know. Now, this is the Old Testament, all right? Things are a little bit different then, all right? So anyway, it's important that you know that. Abram does. He follows through with the wishes of his wife, and uh, they have a son. He has a son with this woman, Hagar. And there, there's a problem with that. Verse 11. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, he's talking to Hagar, you're pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man. I think that's really cool. I like how the angel was like, how can I describe him? It's going to be wild and uh, donkey. We're going to go with donkey of a man. So... It made it to the Bible. Here we are. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Constant conflict. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. This is, this is where the story kind of takes another negative turn because what happens is Sarah and Abram again, they decide to take things into their own hand because the timing of God in the unbelief stage didn't... It wasn't matching up to what they wanted, so they went ahead and put it in their own hands, and they make this mistake. They make a mistake. How many of us have made mistakes before, right? So you're in this process, you're in this journey, you're moving forward, and then you make a sidestep. I think a lot of times this is an obstacle that some people can't get over is this. Yeah, I know God, but, but you know me. I mean, there's doubt that comes in. I know for me personally, there's things that, that even I'm a part of now that I, I'm like, yeah, but God, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me. You know who I am. And, and that, I mean, come on. Because you make mistakes. And I think sometimes, I mean, obviously God's forgiven you, but we haven't forgiven us or we haven't forgotten. And so we keep recalling these things and doubt starts seeping in. Sometimes it's not even doubt in God. It's doubt in us. Is, is doubting, yeah, but me. I, these are obstacles. These are real obstacles that we encounter. I encounter some of these daily. Doubt. I've made mistakes. 
thing about this mistake is that it actually, it mattered for a very long time. I believe that the conflict that we see in the Middle East is a direct result of this right here. It's the same conflict, it's the same problem. It's this, you know, Isaac, which we're about to get into is a promised son and Ishmael was not. And then there was this, this, this conflict that was born and, and here we are, I mean, thousands of years later. Sometimes when you make a mistake, it lasts a long time. And some mistakes you make, you never actually get back to perfect zero before that happened, right? You can never get back to perfect unity. It's kind of, that's a really bad term. That's a, that's a sound man term, sorry, perfect unity. The sound guys are like, yeah, unity, I know what you mean. I know, anyway, scratch that. Take that one off the recording. But get back to like this perfect harmony. Get back to this place, and, but you made some mistakes. You made a, that was a big mistake. And now you've got to deal with the repercussions of it. Doubt comes in. So there was multiple obstacles that he had to face, multiple decisions that were made that were not the proper decision. Unbelief, doubt. Third obstacles in chapter 20. Since 20, verse two and three, and I'll read it and kind of explain the backstory. Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. Why did, huh? And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God gave But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, behold, you're a dead man because of the woman who you have taken, for she is a man's wife. You see, Abraham, as he would would, uh, travel through these cities, they would come to these cities and Sarah obviously was a good looking woman. If you read, you know that. And, And so he would get fearful. He'd get afraid that the king would take his wife, kill him, and then, you know, man, now God really didn't follow through, right? So he became fearful. So what he would do is he would lie and say, she's my sister. And that was just a, I mean, it's a great plan, right? So he would say that, well, God, I think it's awesome how God spoke to Abimelech and, uh, and said, hey man, you got something real bad going on. You might need to take care of this. And he freaks out and, and everything gets, gets taken care of in, in the end. But I think what we see here is Abraham has an obstacle of fear. Abraham, all throughout these stories, you see where there's this hesitation of fear. And here it's basically, I don't know, God, if you're gonna follow through. So he becomes insecure and he lies. This thing of fear, can I just take a second and talk about fear? A lot of times fear cloaks itself in a lot of different ways. Sometimes fear cloaks itself in wisdom, uh, right? Where it's like, I'm, I'm just not ready to step out. I'm really weighing all the options. But really, if you look back, it's actually fear that's holding you back from moving forward in that area. Uh, it can, and it can come out of insecurities, inse- all different things, because sometimes we're just scared that something bad's gonna happen. And you know, I just want to share with you guys something that's going on with me and Nadine, my wife. Uh, you know, we, we had two miscarriages a long time ago, and, and then we have uh, our daughter now. She's five, Ariana, she's awesome. Great, she's a great great child. Don't you, your kids, you love them, but sometimes it's like, I love you so much, you know. <clears throat> so uh, she's five, so there's a lot of, a lot of conversations happening. But, you know, uh, a, a few months ago, we started talking about having another kid. And um, for me, uh, I'm the man, I'm, I'm, I weigh out all the options, all the financial, the financial repercussions, and I'm doing all that. And taking a lot of time and, and I never could say, yes, it's, let's, let's have another baby. And, uh, and I ended up, it was me and a few guys were together. We were praying 
as like a prayer group and we're, we're at the end, it's kind of like, hey, anybody got anything you wanna pray for? You need prayer for? And I said, you know, yeah, me and Nadine are having some conversations. In case you don't know, I'm a very hesitant person. Whenever there's big life altering decision, it takes me a very long time to actually, like, I'm not like a, woo, let's just do it. Let's just, go. I'm, I, I'm like, it may take me a year to process and move forward. So, so you gotta kind of go with me there. I'm a very slow, methodical thinker. And, uh, and so I was like, you know, we're, we're making these plans and talking. And I was like, we're just really not sure. And Nadine's like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, let me just think. And so I'm talking to them. And as I'm talking to them, I end up actually saying what was really the core issue. The core issue with me giving the okay to, yes, let's move forward and grow our family was the fact that I was fearful that we were gonna have another miscarriage. Because just the process is painful. If you, if you have one, you know it. it's, it's just painful. It's emotional, There's, it's massive disappointment. And, uh, and so I was very hesitant to, to move forward. And I told the guys that we prayed and believed. And it was like, hey, let, we're gonna move forward. So me and Eddie moved forward and found out she's pregnant. Many of you guys know that. And it was, it was great. And then uh, about, you know, right before Christmas, we found out that something wasn't right. Something, something wasn't right. And, um, and so we, we just kind of, kind of, we're putting neutral for a little while, not really sure. And then uh, we went towards the beginning of the year and yeah, something's definitely not right. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, had another miscarriage. So here we are at the third miscarriage. And um, the very fear that I expressed, Stephen was there, I expressed to these guys and, and you know, it was like, wow, I'm living in fear about this decision. The very, the very thing that I had a fear about, me and my wife had a fear about, was the very same thing that happened. I mean, like it happened again. And many of you maybe have been through this process and so you, it's like, hey, and we've got a lot of encouragement. Thank you guys for that. Uh, but you know, it still, doesn't, it still doesn't fix the problem you still gotta walk through it. And I think sometimes whenever the very thing we're fearful of happens, it almost confirms the fear and like concretes it into your, your thought process, into your mind. It's like, see, see, that fear was valid. And I think in the face of that is, is where we have the biggest moments or opportunity to grow in our faith if we can have the proper mindset and a biblical mindset that this is just another obstacle. It's another obstacle. This is, this is a painful thing, but it's just another obstacle. And, and so in your life, what obstacles are you facing that fear is really at the core of? Fear will keep you from growing. Fear will keep you from moving forward with God, cause you to be insecure about things that sometimes never even happen. Most of the time, the things that we're fearful of, they never even happen. But the one or two times that it does, guess what? All the other fears are valid and legitimate. And then there's a, there's a stronghold in your life. This journey of faith, you're gonna go through these moments. If you haven't, get ready. It's part of the process. It's part of this journey, faith. Now, here's the deal. Even though things don't operate or go exactly like you think, they should, I wanna tell you something. God's promises are still there. God's promises still remain. So you got Abraham and his wife walking through all of this. They've got these giant promises. You can imagine they had them written down or something, right? They're just like, God, you said, God, you said. And here they are years later, they've made all these mistakes. They've had all these obstacles. And, 
And you can imagine at moments they were probably like, God, are you still there? Like, are you still, I mean, you remember what you said like 20 years ago, is that still in play? Until finally one day, guess what? They have Isaac, Sarah and Abraham. It's, a, it's an awesome story, you should go read it. But they, they finally have Isaac, the promised child. They're excited. It took 25 years. Abraham's 100 years old. He was 75 when everything went down, right? Here we are, 100 years, 25 years. I've been waiting for some stuff for three months, and I'm like, all right, God, where, uh, where are we at in the process here, you know? It's like, I said a prayer this morning, and it's noon, lunchtime. I said, God, I'd like it by, by lunchtime. And uh, man, but how many of you know that faith gets tested? Faith gets tested. That's the fourth thing we're gonna see in the process of, of Abraham's life. You see, like I said, he had, he had Isaac. He's holding his son. He's raising his son. Can you imagine? I I bet Abraham felt like it was accomplished, like his faith was perfected. And he's like, I could trust God through anything. And then we pick up in chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here am I. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What a strange request from God. God doesn't make these requests anymore, by the way. So um, if you felt like lately you've gotten a request from God to sacrifice something like this, uh, come speak with us afterwards and um, bring it to the proper authorities. And uh, all right, that's not the voice of God. That's one of those voices I was talking about earlier. All right, the wrong voice. But this is what God tells Abraham to do. Now, put yourself in Abraham's spot again. You felt like you've progressed to this point in life. You felt like all the big tests are over. And now God brings you this gigantic question, this, another opportunity. And you feel like you're starting over from scratch. There's so many times in my life where I feel like I'm, I've reached a certain area or I've reached a certain place in life, right, in my walk with God, and then something happens that shakes it right back down to whenever I was 15 years old, and I was asking these questions and going through, through situations. And I'm like, haven't I, haven't I been through this, right? Like, like, haven't I progressed past this point? I think Abraham probably had some of these thoughts. Like, God, I thought we've been through this. I thought I showed you that I'm legitimately following you. I'm here, you know, I'm obedient. I've done all that. I've overcome these obstacles. And they start from scratch. You know, the testing of your faith, the Bible says this in James, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It produces patience. It produces long suffering. It produces this grit in your walk with God to where your faith, when it stands through these these times, you come out on the other side a lot stronger than before you went into it. See, we hate the process, but let me tell you what the process produces in you is something great, if we allow it. Let's see what Abraham did. Verse nine, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now, pause for a second. Abraham, again, is a real man. I don't think that Abraham was walking with his son to the place that he knew he was about to kill him, emotionless, and just, I'm just obeying God. I really picture Abraham pulling off on the side of the road at moments and saying, guys, hold on, going to the side and weeping 
pounding his fist on the ground saying, God, I don't get this. I don't understand. This makes no sense, God. And then he'd come back and they'd start walking further. And then he'd pull off on the side again and just, God, seriously, I mean, are you, is this really happening? This was his only son. I mean, he loved this kid. This wasn't just a, this isn't just a story that we read and, and go over. And these are major struggles and God's asking him to do it. It's so confusing. But verse 10, then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. I now, here am I. I don't think again was just like a, here am I. I think it was like, here am I. Thank God. <laughs> Where have you been? You know, it's like holding up the knife and just, let me give it an extra three seconds here, you know. And the angel of the Lord comes in and says, Abraham, Abraham, here am I, he said. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. What a, an incredible story. What a, can you imagine the relief that Abraham feels at this moment? Knowing, yes, that he passed the test, but knowing that his son he is still with him, this relief that, that comes upon Abraham. And a lot of times we go through these tests and, and we have no idea how it's going to end up. You really don't. I think that's a painful part about this process is that we just don't know what's coming. And so these tests, I mean, come on. It's right now, we're, we're hanging out in church. It's a great day, all right? We're, we got plans for this afternoon. But, but how do we really know what's coming up in an hour? How do we really know what's gonna happen tonight? We have no idea the tests that are coming. We have no idea whenever God might wake us up and, and speak something to us that shakes us to the core. We have no idea if a, a tragedy might happen in our family with our friends and, and, and everything stops and is put on pause. But again, I think these tests are just opportunities if we allow them to be to where we can say, God, what are you trying to do in this? What are you trying to do in me? Instead of just this other view, which is really selfish, although it's, sometimes it's hard not to be. It, why? Why me? Why this? But instead ask the question, God, I, I really don't understand. This can be an opportunity for unbelief or doubt or insecurity or fear to come in. But instead of those responses, my response is gonna be, I obey God, I submit, I surrender. I don't understand right now, but I'm gonna continue to, to, to submit myself to this process. It's important, guys. It's, it's very, I'm telling you, and if you haven't been to these moments yet, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Isaac was the promised son. Isaac was a promise that God had given Abraham, but, but this thing of Isaac also became an opportunity where Abraham had, to, Abraham had to sacrifice. And you know, many of you have promises in your life that you feel God has spoken to you and you're believing for, and, uh, but, but you know, sometimes those promises come with sacrifices, come with sacrifices. And a lot of times sacrifices are difficult to make, but you must make them in order to continue. Some sacrifices look like, you know, relationships that you're in right now that are not godly. And, and God wants to continue to move forward with you. But once, now hear me, once God has spoken to you about something in your life and there has been conviction 
The Holy Spirit is there and said, this is wrong or you need to make this choice, whatever that issue is, and you resist that and you stop submitting to the process. Once that happens, I believe it's almost like a cap has been put on you, a, a lid. And it's amazing how many times the voice of God that we heard so clearly quits speaking because he's like, this thing right here, I don't, I don't have much else to say. This right here. And I believe that it's up to us. It's up to us. How many of you know we got a free will? It's up to us to surrender to, to the process of God and repent of that and change that in order to unlock the next phase, the, un, the next phase of this journey. I'm telling you, some of you today, you've got a sacrifice that you need to make and you know exactly what it is. You know, it, it's that relationship. It's that financial situation you're in. It, it's whatever. It's that addiction, whatever it is that God has been bringing to you and, and, and dealing with you about. And he just keeps saying no, or you just keep ignoring it because you justify it. We're great at justifying him, all right? But I'm telling you, if you want to continue to move forward in this journey of faith, it's your decision. God's not going to force you. But if you want to continue to move forward, it's time to make that decision. It's time to make that sacrifice. Yes, it's difficult. Yep. God never promised that this journey is going to be easy. Actually, if you read today, Jesus was talking about how much people are going to hate you for following him. That's encouraging, right? If you, if you haven't read it, go read the, the reading today in the New Testament. You know, I'm so encouraged. People are going to hate me and despise me, you know? Sometimes it's difficult, guys. It's a journey of faith. Keep walking. Keep pressing in. Now for the good, the good part, the happy part, all right? Number five, faith is rewarded. Faith is rewarded. Genesis 22, verse 13 through 18 says this. And Abraham lifted his eyes up and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall be all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There, there are so many things in what I just read that we could spend another two hours discussing and talking about and breaking down. But I simply want to sum it up with all this. Your faith will be rewarded. Your faith will be rewarded. And the rewards that you receive are generational and they are eternal. I'm telling you, they're never in the timing that we think they will be ever. I mean, I don't know, maybe somebody's got a story of actually one time, it was exactly when I thought it would happen. But most of the time, it's not that. It's, I had to wait. It, it took years. I, I don't know. I was waiting for a breakthrough. I just, ah, I just had that in my life. And recently, recently, there was something, a decision that needed to be made that I struggled with for collectively five years. But it was very intense for about two years, very intense, where everything else in my life stopped because this decision. Every day I woke up, it was just here. And I was like, God, I just, I don't have the, I don't, man, God, you've got to speak. You've got to speak. 
I mean, I guess I, I said that prayer so many times. God, you have got to speak. I'm not going to step out just because it's a great opportunity or just because, hey, like, God, I've got to hear you speak to me. And it's got to be obvious. And you know what? I struggled. I cried. I One time I was, I was praying in a chair. I was weeping, couldn't breathe because I'm like, God, like, why aren't you speaking? I mean, I'm talking frustration. And it was about that time, actually it was that day, whenever all of a sudden a man came and he spoke some words that it was like literally a key went into my heart and just and unlocked it. And it was like, thank you, God. <laughs> Why did it take so long? <laughs> Could have done that three years ago, it'd have been a lot better. It produced something, it produced patience, it produced a, a yearning to hear the voice of God, I'll tell you that. So your faith will be rewarded and Rewards are generational. Rewards bring glory to God. Rewards bring glory to God. I think that's a huge thing. Your eyes are always outward. How is my life bringing glory to God? And are you willing to, make the, to pay the price? There's a lot of things, man, that we could go down, but I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up right here. Some of you, your, your walk with God has been tumultuous, it's been hard. Some of you have, your faith in God was strong in, in a certain part of your life and now you're in a place where these obstacles, you're like, man, I can tell you those obstacles right now. And I can tell you every time I hit one of those obstacles, it, like, it took me out, man. And maybe, maybe you never got back on your horse. Maybe you couldn't ever, all right, and, and, and make it through that obstacle. Maybe your relationship with God stopped there. Others of you are, you've been in this thing a while and you're in a place of testing right now long-term and it's, it's frustrating and you feel like your faith is, is, is just in a, in a very weak place right now. I, w- I wanna wrap up with the last thing that we read, which is this, is that God provided. God provided. Right there, Abram, on this journey, if you go back and read, you'll see that Abraham said, uh, his son's like, hey, dad, where, what are we sacrificing? You know, I think Isaac wasn't an idiot. He's still looking around, he's like, there's no lamb here, God, you know, I mean, uh, dad. And so they're, they're going up the mountain and um, Abraham said, God will provide. And some of you today, I feel like you just need to hear God will provide, first of all. Don't know how, don't know when, but God's gonna provide. And then gain from this story some hope where at the last moment, God provided something. He provided a ram. And I think it's awesome how this is a perfect picture of Jesus. Substitution. Let me tell you something. We believe that, that God sent his only son, Jesus, to this earth to die as a substitution for each of us. Jesus is that ram. Jesus shed his blood so that you didn't have to. And that is at the core message of the Bible and the good news of Jesus Christ is that, man, he came in. At the, I mean, look, the knife was being held high over us and Jesus came in and said, hold up, I got it. I got it, and swapped out for us, for you, amen? And today, I think that some of you believe in that, but I believe that you haven't made a true decision to surrender your heart to God. The Bible talks about being born again, about being saved, and every single time that we come together, we wanna provide an opportunity for that to take place. And um, I'm not gonna do anything weird, all right? I'm not gonna make you come up to the front, okay? I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I am gonna ask you to do something here in a second. I'm gonna ask you to to raise your hand. And let me tell you something. Uh, Whenever you raise your hand, there is something about saying, Lord, it's me. I need you. 
My faith is in you today and, and I'm, putting, I'm putting a stake in the ground and saying, God, I'm with you. I am, I'm with you. I'm joining your family. I'm surrendering my heart to you. So right now, I wanna ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if that's you, if you're in this place and before we, we move on with the other things about faith, you need to start your journey today. Right now, you're hearing the voice of God saying, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out of that, out of that lifestyle, out of the world, and I love you. And today it's time to choose Jesus. It's time to get saved. If that's you today and you feel that need, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Go ahead and just lift it up right here. Three, four, five, six, seven. Who else? Come on, eight, nine, ten. Come on, you need Jesus today. Eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Jesus. Come on, God's here. His grace is here. His hand is outstretched to you. And he loves you, he's for you. Anybody else? So what we're gonna do, we're gonna pray. And I'm not gonna, you don't have to repeat what I say. Matter of fact, I want you to say your own prayer, to talk to your God. And, and I'm just gonna begin to pray and, and just begin to surrender your heart to God right now. And he's gonna do something great in your life, I'm telling you. Lord, I come before you. I'm humble before you. God, you know me. You know my story. You know what brought me here. And God, today, I'm, I just declare, I'm at the end of myself. I'm at the end of my effort. And so God, right now in this moment, I surrender my heart to you. God, I, I just surrender my sin. I surrender my successes. I surrender all that I have, all that I am to you. God, I am sick of trying it on my own. God, it's leading me nowhere. And today, God, I know that this is the right choice. So God, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for, for God sending Jesus to take care of this sin problem, Father, so that right now I can choose you freely. So God, right now, I give you all that I am and I receive all that you are. I receive your righteousness, your healing, your redemption. Thank you, God. Use my life for something that's worth something, God. Use my life for your glory to build your kingdom. Make yourself known in me. Let me experience victory like I haven't experienced it ever in my life before. And God, I will give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, come on, can we give it up for those who gave their heart to God today? If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. 
Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.